Hey, Crossroads, hope you are doing great today. I got three things that I wanna make sure that you guys know about. First off, we have an amazing worship ministry here at Crossroads. Every week they help lead us into the presence of God. Well, right now our worship ministry is holding auditions. And so if you've ever been interested about learning more about being a part of that team, just email Zach at crsmin.com and he will get back to you with the details and get you guys connected so that you can audition for the team as well. Secondly, last week, uh, Canopy Kids uh, started meeting at the 9.30 and the 11 o'clock service again, which is really exciting. But if you are still watching this online or maybe you miss a week, they have amazing resources for your child and for you on the church website to make sure you stay connected and engaged with what's going on. So make sure to take advantage of those. The last thing I want to make sure you guys know about is that this Friday the 14th, we are wrapping up our summer drive-in movie nights with... What do you mean don't tell them what it is? Okay. Well, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you guys are not going to want to miss it. There's a great opportunity to come, hang out, eat some food. You can sit in your car and listen. You can bring a chair and sit outside. It's going to be so much fun. Hope you guys check it out. The movie's going to start around 8.30 p.m., uh, right around the time it gets dark. Now listen, hope you guys are excited. Church is about to start. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us here in the room and online. Stand and sing. Join us lifting the praise of our God.
chosen.
flood this space. Come flood this space. No one else could take your place. Come have your way. No one else could take your place. Come flood this space. No one else could take your place. Come have your way. Good morning, everybody. Have a seat. It's good to be with you in person and online. Hey, uh, you know, we're going to switch up a little bit. Hey, guys, this is Tyler Voland. Everybody say hi to Tyler. Hey, Tyler is from Newcastle with City Church with Pastor Josh Watts, and he's uh, vacationing, and he wanted to, you know, take take a break from Pastor Josh right now. No, 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 <laughs> but uh, he's going to, he's hanging out with us, with us this morning, and, he, and I asked him to share about how God's using City Church during the pandemic. So could you share a little bit about this thing called Mobile Church? Yeah, so I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a, a global pandemic everywhere, <laughs> and not just in Pittsburgh, but uh, uh, in Newcastle too. So uh, what we've been doing actually is uh, going around to different communities. Um, we actually got gifted a, uh, a brand new church van, and so we've I've been taking the kids out and... Uh, We've been sharing the gospel every every weekend, sometimes to two or three uh, different communities, doing somewhat of a VBS. And, uh, you know, five, five to six people got saved doing this. Amen. So Amen. praise Amen. the we Lord We thank for God that. for that. I love it. That's amazing. So what, what, what has been, just, just, I love this, what has been the thought process for you guys? Like, God gives you a van, you know, you're thinking... Everybody's got to come to, to the building, but you guys have been taking it out. So how do you think God's been growing you guys? Because you've been a part of the leadership team from the get-go. So how's God growing the leadership team out there? You know, uh, we, we operate from a whole perspective of God has given us everything um, that, that we have. So all we want to do is give it right back to him. So when we get a, get a gift like a van, we want to use it every, uh, every chance we get. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tyler. Glad you're here, buddy. We just thank God for what he's doing at City Church. I love it. Tyler, we we love you, man. Love you guys over at City Church, and just thank you for all that you do, and it's good to be a partner with you guys. Um, Hey, church family, a couple things I want to share with you. One, kids ministry, videos, resources, Bible Bible stories, uh, worship, um, missions focus, and a life application. They're like less than 10 minutes. These are fresh every Sunday. Um, so check it out with you and your family. Something to watch on the way home, something to watch at night or in the morning, um, just to keep your kids focused on the Lord. Keep Him as their rock. Let's keep pushing our kids to, to lean more into God during this time and to see Him through all this. It's so important. 
So that's brand new every Sunday on the front page of our website. And then also on the front page of our website, you can RSVP for our, for our third drive-in movie, which is going to be August 14th. So next week uh, on Friday, it's going to be uh, our third drive-in movie. And uh, just RSVP and let us know how many cars are coming. So if you can pile 12 people into a truck or whatever, then you'll RSVP for one truck or whatever your deal is. But just do that so we know how many people are coming. There'll be light concessions. There'll be some pizza and pop and, and chips and stuff like that for sale. Um, but we're going to have a fun time. We're watching Frozen 2, as you could tell in Eric's video. That was great, by the way. Um, Love Olaf over there. It's real fun. So that's going to be this next Friday, right when the sun goes down, about 8.45, 8.50, we'll start the movie. But our 30-foot-plus screen will be out in the parking lot. It's, 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 it's been fun. If you, how many of you have been able to come and check out one of those drive-in movies? Some of you. Yeah, I encourage you all. Mike, good job. I, I just want to encourage you all to, to go, and, and it's good. It's good to see people. It's good to see people. So even if that's the biggest thing, just go and be with people. Even if you're in your car and you roll your window down, it's just an opportunity to connect. The last thing is um, Zach and the worship team, like you heard Eric say, um, they are having worship team auditions. So vocals, instruments, um, talk to Zach. He'd love to connect with you and talk more about what God's doing in the worship team. So um, we're just thanking God for all he's doing. And, and I want to share with you a passage from 2 Corinthians. Um, 2 Corinthians 9, uh, 6 says this, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And verse 7 says, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. God's stretching us in so many different ways. And I know God's stretching us as a church family for giving and being on mission. But thank you guys for your faithfulness and giving and thankful um, for just your, your heart. I know God's grown us in all kinds of different ways. And I think one is giving. It's been, it's, it's a stretch for a lot of people. Um, but thank you for your faithfulness. And you can give in the mail, uh, in the lobby boxes or in the auditorium uh, offering box, or you can give online. There's different ways to do that. But Thank you, guys. I love being on mission with you all. It's good to see you all, and it's good to see you guys online. Let's pray as we continue. Lord, we love you, and I'm thankful for stories like Tyler. I'm thankful, God, for what you're doing in City Church, for these this mobile church. And, God, I think that's what we're feeling like because um, I know a lot of our family, a lot of our church families watching online. We know visitors are watching online. People are, are showing up here in person. And, God, it's everybody's just all over the place, but I'm thankful, God, that you you know where everybody's at. You know where all hearts are at. You know the struggles. You know the excitement. You know, God, just where our minds are. And I'm thankful that I can look out in my own yard and I can see the birds flying around and they're getting fed. I can see that, you know, although the lack of water we've had, I can see that there are plants that are still growing. And I'm, I'm thinking about my own life, God, and I'm thinking about our own church. And God, you will take care of us. Your word says if you take care of the fields, you take care of the valleys, you take care of the, the birds of the air and the lilies of the valley, God, you will take care of us so we should not worry. So this morning, I pray that we would cast our cares, drop them at your feet, and that we would just worship you, God, with the freedom of knowing, Lord, that you know everything about us. So Lord, as we uh, give and as we worship you, Lord, thank you um, just for giving us your word and that sets us free, that gives us a path and a guide. Jesus, um, we are so grateful that we are your children. Thank you for being our God. We're going to focus on you and lean into you now more than ever. In Jesus' powerful name.
thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me For change to come, knowing the battles won. For you have never failed me yet. The promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. See you do it again. I've seen you move. 
promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail. Promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. Father, that your faithfulness, your love, and your your mercy and your grace have never failed us. Father, we thank you for that truth that you've given us that we can sing here, wherever we're at. Father, we love you. Soften our hearts as Pastor Al brings the word. That you would have us hear what we need, and that we draw closer to you, Father. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Great to have you with us today, whether you're here live in our auditorium or if you're watching online. We're in the midst of a series of Facing Your Giants. What a great series so far. Pastor Jim spoke about David facing Goliath and mentioned that if you attempt to become David on your own, you simply become Goliath. And Pastor Ken continued to talk about David's life and some of the giants he faced and some of those giants were affair and murder. Today, we're going to consider the giants of your hurts, your habits, and your hang-ups. You may relate to one or more of these. I know I certainly do. Overworking, overeating, alcohol, drugs, overspending, pride, grief, guilt, anger, rage, judgmental, fear, pornography, anxiety, insecurity, divorce, abuse, failure, resentments, lying, codependency, gambling, Perfectionism, hypochondria, bitterness, hurtful relationships, procrastination, or the need to control. The reality is we all have hurts, hang-ups, and habits. Could you look to someone that's near you and say that? We all have hurts, hang-ups, and habits. That's a common denominator. When I was born, I was born with a few imperfections. And some of you are saying, uh, it's more than that. But the reality was this. I was born with red hair, and it was curly. 
I had poor vision. I had a speech impediment. I had to have molds put into my shoes growing up uh, for I don't know how many years. All I remember going to the shoe store, and it's, it's not about, like, what shoe would you like? It's sort of like, this is a shoe you can have because we have to put the mold in there. And you're always reminded, you know, to get the feet. I don't know what was wrong with my feet, but uh, there was an issue. But I also had bent pinky fingers, and I have them to this day. But in 10th grade biology class, I had a fabulous teacher. I discovered something. It's a recessive genetic trait. One day in class, he said, does anybody in here have a bent pinky finger? And like, my hand went up. And I think one other person may be dead. And he said, I want you to know that's a recessive genetic trait. Awesome. At least there's a reason, right? I don't know what that means, but I had it. Well, fast forward, I went into the Navy and in basic training, I'm not sure at what point it had to have been the first few days. You know, you have to salute. You're learning all this stuff and do this, don't do that. I'm saluting. I got called out of line because my hand was not straight. And so the question was, you know, there's choice words being spoken, straighten your hand, of course, I can't. So they sent me to the sick bay, you know. So, the, of course, the doc's looking at my hand, and he said, what's wrong with your hand? I said, doc, I'm thinking, you're a doctor. You should know this. I told him, I said, oh, the bent pinky finger, that's a recessive genetic trait. And he's like, yeah, right, whatever. But he had wrote me this little slip, and I had to carry it for eight weeks in my pocket. And probably, I don't know what it had on, it probably just said, defect or something. But so if I got called out for, you know, saluting, my hand wasn't straight. Okay, this is my reason. I've got a slip for it. It's called a chit. And uh, so this is, this is it. Well, in August of that year, just several weeks out of basic training, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And I was like, this is awesome. You know, Jesus loves even me with bent pinky fingers. I went in I was dropped from the nuclear power program, and so I was sent to a ship headed for the Philippines. It was out of San Diego, USS Starrett CG-31. I went home on leave for a few weeks, and uh, one of the last messages I heard before going on leave, and it was the absolutely last message, and I thought God did this for me because it was from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, "'Go therefore and make disciples of all nations,' baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the world. I thought, God, you know I'm going to the Philippines, right? And that's what I thought. I thought to the end of the world, God's going to be with me. So I go home on leave. I'm excited. I'm thinking I'm a failure because I dropped from the nuclear power program. And I thought, I'm going to see if my dad will go to church with me on Father's Day. Took my mom and dad to church with me on Father's Day. I'm pumped. I'm thinking, man, this could be a game changer in their lives. And uh, we left church, and my dad said to me, he said, if you hated me, why didn't you just tell me? I thought, wow. I thought, God, I'm a bigger failure than I thought. Dropped from the nuclear power program. Now my dad is like mad at God and mad at me. On the way to the Philippines, you know, we're on the ship, of course, took us, I think, 23, 24 days to get there. I got a letter from my dad. And he said, Al, I just want you to know, your mom and I gave our lives to Jesus Christ. Wow, right? Isn't that cool? And I'm thinking, God, how'd you do that? Because I wasn't there, right? My last contact with my dad was an utter failure. 
But God did something in spite of that. But we're in the Philippines. Chief of Naval Operations is going to come onto our ship because we're going to be home ported in the Philippines now. It's a big deal. And the executive officer of the ship pulled me aside and said, Finney, you're going to be one of the side boys, which means when you're going to line up when this Chief of Naval Oper- Operations comes on board, you're going to salute. He's going to walk through the salutes, right? And you're going to be the guy who's going to like meet him right as he gets onto the quarter deck. And you're going to be saluting. I said, sir, I can't do that. He said, why not? I said, because I have bent pinky finger. And he said, what? I said, sir, it's a recessive genetic trait. I've never forgot it, right? I learned that in 10th grade biology. That might be all I learned, but I learned it. And he, he said, let me see your hand. And I showed him. He said, what's wrong with your hand? I said, sir, I told you. And he said, listen, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you what you're going to do. I don't care how bent your fingers are. You are going to be the guy meeting him. I was scared to death. I thought, dear Lord, listen, the night before he came on board, I, I, I probably prayed. I had anxiety. I had everything going on because I'm thinking, I don't know what's going to happen. This is the man. This is the highest position in the United States Navy. I'm going to greet him. He's going to see my deformed hand. And who knows what's going to happen? Throw me overboard, whatever. You know what's amazing? He came on our ship. I don't even know if my eyes were open or closed. I didn't even see his face. And he didn't even stop. He just kept on going. I'm not sure what took place. It probably, he wasn't even looking at my hand. I was, that's all I could think about, right? When we have something in our life, we think everybody else knows, even if they don't know. And that was, that was huge. But in spite of that, God gave me the opportunity to share my faith in Jesus Christ with two admirals on our ship, two of our captains, many of the officers, and many, many of the enlisted, from the lowest to the highest. It was unbelievable. And all along, I was thinking, God, I can't even salute straight. But God has a way of doing that with us. Everyone listening to this, whether online or in person, has a story And your story is unique, and all of our stories include hurts, hang-ups, and habits. We live in an imperfect and a fallen world, and we have been hurt by others. We sometimes hurt ourselves, and at times we've hurt others. The Lord tells us that all have sinned, and if anyone says he has not sinned, he is a liar. Easily stated, no one is perfect, and even if one of your hang-ups is perfectionism. Maybe you can relate to one of these statements, I do things that are not good, for me. I respond the wrong way when I'm hurt. I react to people in a way that I often regret. I try to fix problems on my own and they get worse. Listen to what Paul said in Romans chapter 7 and verse 15. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Paul had Christians persecuted and killed before he experienced Christ's love and forgiveness. Talk about regrets from the past. However, by God's grace, he learned to do something with those regrets. And in Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, we read, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. 
This is an incredible reminder from the Lord to personally apply to our lives. But know that it does not erase consequences or automatically restore trust. Because trust is gained over time. And all we can do is our part. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, I can apply that to my life, but I cannot expect somebody I've hurt to just say, okay, because this is what Philippians 3.13 says. That's for me. I do my part. All you can do is your part. Oftentimes we attempt to hide or deny our hurts and hangups and habits. At times these giants are so overwhelming and strangling that we buy into Satan's lie that if people knew the real me, they wouldn't like me, let alone love me. Well, some may not, but the Lord will. Listen to what he told a rebellious group of people in Jeremiah. He said this in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Wow. An everlasting love. God says, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you feel. This is my love toward you. It's everlasting And my faithfulness will stand true. In spite of what you might think, there will be those who will love you for you because they have genuinely tasted of God's goodness and grace. The reality is this. Sometimes we feel as though nobody else has our hurts, our hang-ups, our habits. And when we think like that, it leads to isolation. And that's what Satan wants. Satan wants to isolate us so that we feel as though we're no one and we're nothing. And no one would ever like us or love us if they really knew us. But when somebody has experienced God's goodness and grace and forgiveness and love, it's a game changer. And those individuals, and they exist, if they know your story, they'll like you and they'll love you. Because they know. They know. Limitation chapter 3, verse 22 and 23 tells us, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning, and great is His faithfulness. In Psalm chapter 34, verse 8, we're told, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Say that with me. The Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. I want to remind you that you're not defined by your hurts, your hang-ups, and your habits. They are part of your story, but they are so much more than that. How many times have we attempted to keep it all under control? We attempt to hide or deny who we really are by putting on a mask or simply being a chameleon being able to blend in. We attempt to control others by using guilt, fear, the silent treatment, or even praise. We attempt to control ourselves. We might say, I can fix it. I'm okay. I don't have a problem. But the more we try, the worse it becomes. Imagine if we did not have to do it on our own, and we don't. Romans chapter 8, verse 37, we're told, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
I want you to say this with me today. I am more than a conqueror. Would you say that? I am more than a conqueror. That's what God says. Remember, it's not based. He didn't write his love letter to us so that it would simply be based on our feelings. Because if that were true, there would be no need for that. Because listen, for me, I'm all over the place. Sometimes I think like God is right here, which I'm indwelt by spirit, right? But sometimes I feel as though like God, where are you? And that's okay. God knows what we're like. So he said, I'm giving you my love letter because I don't want you to just base it on what you think or feel. I want you to base it on what I say. It's true. It's trustworthy. First John chapter 4, verse 4. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Love it. First of all, we're told little children, right? And little children are dependent upon their parents. And God says, listen, the huge part is he wants us to be more and more dependent upon him. He doesn't want us as we grow in our faith to go off on our own. He wants us to understand the more we grow in our faith, the more we need him. The more we need him. We attempt to medicate our pain. You may use busyness, relationships, alcohol, anger, goals, drugs, suicidal thoughts, but none of those will be able to take away the pain we experience as we face the giants of our hurts, our hang-ups, and our habits. Listen to a promise given by Jesus. I want you to get the picture here. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is with a group of people. They're broken. They're hurting. They have hurts. They have hang-ups. They have habits. Everybody's at different spectrums. No one is the same, but they're hurting. Some people are so down that they don't think there will ever be a difference in their life. People have problems, people have situations, and Jesus is speaking to them. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oftentimes, a thought is like, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? And Jesus is saying, I just want you to come to me. No matter where you're at, I want you to come to me. And I'm going to give you a rest. And it's not talking about just a little break. He's talking about a rest that will carry us through in life. That we're secure in him. And the next part of the verse says this. In verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. That yoke for the oxen had two spots. And Jesus is in one of them. And Jesus does the heavy lifting. Have you ever carried a piece of furniture with somebody? Or maybe you know, an appliance or something. And it's almost like you sometimes feel like you always get the heavy end. Somehow they manage to get the lighter part. And, uh, and you get the heavy end. Listen, Jesus says, yoke up with me. I'll do the heavy lifting. We don't have to blaze ahead and pull Jesus along. It doesn't work that way. His word tells us his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So for the very present and for the future, he goes before us. If anything, with, when I'm yoked up to Jesus, I'm like, my feet are off the ground. 
what he offers is unbelievable. God's word, the Bible, is filled with men and women who had hurts, hang-ups, and habits. Abraham struggled with fear and anxiety, but he discovered hope, faith, and trust. Esau struggled with relationships left from the pain of a mom who favored his brother and a dad who favored him. But he discovered the mending of a relationship with Jacob. Gideon struggled with insecurity and fear. But he discovered God's power in transforming him into a mighty warrior. Rahab struggled with her past as a prostitute. But she discovered forgiveness and salvation. Hannah struggled with self-worth and depression. But she discovered fulfillment, joy, and peace. Elijah struggled with fear, self-pity, and depression. But he discovered God's mighty power and protection. Tamar struggled with rape, rejection, and betrayal. One thing for certain, it was not her fault. When one has been abused, there is a need to forgive the offender, not to condone or release that individual from the punishment, but to release the victim and help them to learn to trust and love again. Matthew struggled with greed and abuse of power, but he discovered a Savior who was worth following and serving. By the way, the Hebrew meaning of Matthew is gift of Yahweh. God is able to see us beyond what we ourselves or others will be able to see. John the Baptist struggled with doubts and big questions that were fueled in his life, yet he had been the one God the Father used to blaze the trail for Jesus Christ. The man with leprosy struggled relationally and physically, but he was healed instantaneously and miraculously. Sometimes the presence of Christ in our lives brings healing instantaneously and miraculously from our hurts, hang-ups, and other habits. And at other times, we find ourselves on a journey. The reality is this. Some of you have maybe, when you went into, came into a relationship with Jesus Christ, there was something in your life and God just like, it's gone. It wasn't a struggle anymore. You can't explain it, but it was like something special. God showed up. And he helped you. And there's something else in your life, and it's like, but God, it just kind of keeps on persisting like a gnat or a fly. I had an uncle that lived in Maryland. I remember as a little boy, we'd go to visit them every so many years. And it always seemed like we'd play, it was always, let's play ball. You know, my dad had five brothers, and there's a bunch of kids, and we're playing ball, and uh, the grown-ups got the gloves, and the kids were just like, you know, just stop the ball anyway. But my uncle in Maryland, there were gnats all the It was crazy. I couldn't explain it. They're everywhere. And uh, he used to say, just put a hanky on your head. Of course, he's the only one with the hanky. You know, and he'd always say, I have no gnats because I've got the hanky. Well, sometimes our hurts, habits, and hang-ups seem to just like, they just won't leave us. Sometimes something like, it's gone. And something else we may battle with, we may struggle with. And that's okay, because the reality is God still loves us. He's still on our side. He's still wanting to help fight the battle for us. But thank God he's promised once we are his, he will never leave us or abandon us, period. He made that promise. He doesn't say, Al, listen, as long as you're on the straight and narrow, as long as you're passionately pursuing me, As long as all these things are in order, I'm right with you. But the moment, the moment now you get off track, hey, I'm out of here. God doesn't do us. 
He makes that promise, I will never leave you or abandon you. These and many others had their stories shaped by their hurts, hang-ups, and habits. But be reminded that they were not defined by them, and neither are you. You're not defined by your hurts, your hang-ups, or your habits. I want you to turn to somebody today and say that. I am not defined by my hurts, hang-ups, and habits. And sometimes you have to practice that, say it again in a mirror, and remind yourself of that, because for whatever reason, we define ourselves oftentimes by that. In Christ, you receive a new identity. You're righteous. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, we're told, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You're adopted by God the Father. John chapter 1, verse 12 tells us, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the sons or the children of God. We sang that song, I'm no longer, right? I'm a child of God. You're heard by him in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. The reality is this. God tells us that his ears never grow weary when we talk to him. He loves it. He doesn't phase out. Oftentimes, and you know what I'm talking about, you'll be listening to somebody tell a story and, and you're gone. Yeah, your mind is somewhere. If they ask you, what do you think? It's like, uh, I, wait, I missed something. Or maybe you'll make something random up. But God doesn't do that to us. He loves us. He cares about us. And he says, listen, I, listen, I want to hear from you. And you know what's amazing? It doesn't matter what we say. As a 15, 16, 17-year-old kid, I hated God, and I told him that an awful lot. And I'm still standing here today. I don't understand it. But he kept pursuing me. We didn't play a game of hide-and-go-seek, and I was, like, searching for him. God found me. And you're forgiven. In Psalm chapter 103, verse 11 and 12, for as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. His forgiveness is complete. When Jesus Christ went to the cross, he went to the cross for your sin and my sin. Forever settled. That was God the Father's choice. And that was his son's choice to willingly go. We will not discover joy, peace, and victory in facing our giants relying on our own willpower and strength. It'll never happen. You can try to grunt it out for a while. You can try the different things. We've all done it. But the reality, over time, we just wear down. So we need Christ's power in our life. And that next part, we need Christ's power, and we also need one another. It's not about just being the Lone Ranger, so to speak, or being isolated on an island. Oftentimes, we need one another. We need someone else in our life. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, we're told, But they who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, we're told, 
Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God says what he will do. He's not telling us what we have to do. Isn't that amazing? His promise. But get this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. We need Christ's power. And there's a lot of times when we need somebody else in our life too. And God has put other people around you. Sometimes you don't even realize they're there. Remember I'd mentioned there are times where you think if people knew the real me, they wouldn't even like me, let alone love me. But that's not true. Because guaranteed there are people that if you shared your story, they may think, hey, that's part of my story too. I know what that's like. And sometimes it's just somebody who says, do you know what? I don't understand everything you're going through, but I'll tell you what. I've experienced his love, his forgiveness. I care about you. And there may be other times where somebody is in a situation and they need to speak to somebody who's been gifted in that area. Somebody who's been trained and has deeper understanding. And do you know what's amazing about that? Who thought of that? God did, right? It's amazing all the needs we have and all the people that God has put in place. We're all different. Did you ever go to fix a car and it didn't work out? I have. I'm not a good mechanic. Did you ever go to fix electricity it didn't work out? I've done that. I'm not an electrician. I used to say, God gave me a strong back, and that was about it, and bent pinky fingers, right? But the reality is, there's a lot of needs, and God has put people in place because he knew we had needs. As you face your giants of hurts, hang-ups, and habits, lean into the Lord and his promises. He cares for you. He loves you, and he desires to not only refresh you, but also to restore you. It's not to be a feel-good story. It's a redemption story. Listen, God doesn't say, listen, I want to I invade your life so that you'll have like this feel-good story. It's about his redemption story. It's about his restoring, his, his redeeming story of love and grace. That at the end of the day, we look and say, God, I don't fully understand how you've done it, but you've done it. You've loved me through it. You've been there for me through the good and the bad. Psalm chapter 145, verse 8 9, we read, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. In Psalm chapter 145, verse 9, the Lord is... Oh, there we go. What verse are we on now? Uh, 145, verse 9, the Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he... Has made. And then let's look at Psalm 147. Thank you. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. That's who he is. Listen, he knows exactly where you are today. He knows the deepest recesses of your heart and your life 
And he says, listen, I want to bring healing into your life. It doesn't always happen the way we'd like it to be. But the reality is, he says, listen, I want to be the one. Because I can do for you what you'll never be able to do for yourself. And then the next part says this. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. He not only has named the stars, but he knows your name. He knows exactly who you are. Even if you've been in a place and you thought nobody even knows you, God knows you. He knows your name. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he, he calls you one of his own. It's not by mistake or chance. It was by choice. When Jesus went to the cross, he went willingly. Adoption into God's family is his choice before it ever becomes our choice. As you wrestle to face your giants from hurts, hang-ups, and habits, realize you're powerless in and of yourself. You need Christ who is so much more powerful than you ever will be. It'll never be enough for you to just say, I'm going to grunt it out. If I was just stronger, if I was braver, if I was more courageous, if I prayed more, if I read the Bible more, if I went to church more, ultimately we're powerless on our own. Know that you matter to God the Father and He will be able to come alongside you to help you more than you would ever be able to help yourself. God created you. You matter to Him. Period. doesn't matter the choices you've made. It doesn't matter what you've done or haven't done. You matter to God. And that's why Jesus Christ went to the cross. He went to the cross to rescue, redeem, and restore you. He loves you in an amazing way. Commit your life to Christ's care and control. That can be scary because you're releasing control from yourself and giving it to Him. But He knows you. He knows what you need. He knows where you are and He knows where you've been. And He wants us to commit our lives to his care and control. You might need to give permission to someone to come alongside you, not to fix you, but to support you. Listen, you don't need somebody in your life to fix you, right? How does that usually end up? It doesn't go well. You know, we've all been trying to be fixed. Listen, parents try to fix their children. Parents can help guide their children, but it's real difficult to just fix them. Wives try to fix their husbands, and that usually doesn't work. Husbands try to fix their wives. You know, it goes back and forth all the time. But you might just need to give permission to somebody to come alongside you and support you with your hurt, your hang-up, or your habit. And that's okay. That's okay because God designed it that way. But don't let the following keep you from following Jesus Christ. The first is pride. You might say, listen, Al, you don't understand. My hurts, habits, hang-ups, they're not that bad. You hear somebody else's story and you think, thank God I'm not like them, right? Have you ever said that? Boy, thank God that's, I, I'm not like them. And it's almost like when we do that, we're thinking, boy, I'm, I'm pretty good. You know, I'm looking all right today. Uh, 
But the reality is, don't do that. No, it's okay, I think, to say, thank God that for whatever reason, he spared me from all that. But remember, we all have hurts, hang-ups, and habits. And pride also says, listen, my issue isn't that big. It's no biggie. Don't let fear keep you from following Jesus. Sometimes the thought is, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know how my life will turn out. I don't know what will really take place if I come into relationship with Jesus or I start to follow him. I don't know what will happen. I can't see the future. Listen, I came, to G- came into relationship with Jesus Christ August 23rd, 1980, approximately 12, 15 in the afternoon. I couldn't get over the fact he would love me and forgive me because I knew everything I thought about him. I was mesmerized. On August 24th, I bought a Bible. That night when I went back to my barracks, I started to read the Bible. I started in the book of Genesis. Wrong move. But that's what I did. Nobody told me to start like in the book of John, at least in the book of Matthew and go forward that way. But I made it through after nine months through the Old Testament for the first time. But I started to read the Bible. And guess what I read? In the beginning, God. I went nuts. I didn't know that. I read the book of Genesis five times before I moved on to the next. But my question that night was this. God, will I still be following you a year from now? Because I had tried a lot of things in my life to fix me. And everything got worse. If I had a few months of sobriety, I threw a party. Because I was excited about the sobriety. It just never turned out well. And I don't say that and think, boy, that was awesome, because it wasn't. There was a lot of baggage. When I came to Jesus, he took me in with a lot of baggage. And I look back now and I think, thank God, because basic training for me became my first eight weeks of sobriety in a long time. But the question was, God... Will I still be following a year from now? So it's almost 40 years. And I still haven't got over the fact how much he loves me and his forgiveness and his grace. Not because of who I am or what I've done, but because of who he is. And don't let guilt keep you from following Jesus Christ. Sometimes you may think, listen, I've I've tried things. It hasn't worked. I'm not good enough. I don't know enough. Don't let guilt keep you from following Jesus Christ. If you're here today and you've never stepped into a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to ask you to take a step of faith and come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're here today and maybe there's some giants with your hurts, your hang-ups, and your habits, they're just so overwhelming and you think... I don't know. Listen. God's willing for you. His mercies are new every morning. And great is his faithfulness. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, Lord, we thank you for who you are. Thank you, God. You are the great promiser. You're the one who rescues us and and redeems us and restores us. And if you're here today and you've never stepped into a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've never transferred your trust onto him, 
If you don't know, if you take your last breath, you'll spend eternity with him in heaven. But you want to do that today? I'm going to ask that you'd pray with me. There's no magic to the words. It's all about transferring your trust from you onto him. Pray these words. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. Jesus, I I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Be my savior. Jesus, lead me. Jesus, help me. Thank you, Jesus, for your salvation. Your gift. In Jesus' name. And if you're here today and maybe there are just some things that you need to commit to him, ask you to do that right now. You may even be an individual who says, God, I I need that one person in my life to help support me, not to fix me. You might even say, God, I don't know who it could be, but God, would you bring that person alongside me? Father, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you, God, that your mercies are new every morning. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you so much for joining us uh, live and online today. Have a great week. God bless. Let this dark room in silence fuel imagination. Tonight, the stars shine bright and spell my name.